0: Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to a special edition of the Share Life Podcast. We're in an ongoing series as part of the discovery process for my next book project, From the Garden to the Cross, How Jesus's Harrowing Mission Shows Us the Way Forward. In this discussion, we're going to reflect on Peter's denial of knowing Jesus while the religious leaders are interrogating him, Jesus. I'm Jason scott Matoya, author and creator, sharing stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Today, I'm joined by Addison, Alan, and Jim. Addison, say hello. Hi, guys. This is Addison. Hey. Addison Blue Williams is an entrepreneur, special operations combat veteran, former professional gamer comedy screenwriter and co-creator of Movie Shapes. Alan, say hello. Hello. Alan Helms is a HubSpot master and Salesforce Jedi, working with organizations to plan and grow their incoming leads and deals. Jim Carwish, Jim, say hello. Hello. Jim is leveraging personal narratives to help organizations and individuals master their stories and fuel success. So today we're going to talk about uh, the particular passage of Peter denying that he even knew Jesus. Um, For those that aren't familiar, you know, uh, Peter was one of the 12 disciples that was following Jesus. He was particularly vocal about his dedication to Jesus and the night before um, was pretty adamant that he was going to be loyal to the end. And so we have that backdrop. Um, We also have in hours before this moment, um, Peter... Um, is defending Jesus through violence um, with his sword as he attacks the arresting uh, group. Um, so we have that contrast with this this passage that we're going to read. So we're going to read my harmonization of the different accounts um, from Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Um, and then we're going to explore the, a few questions as we read this passage. You know, What can we learn about Jesus, ourselves, humanity, and how does this event apply to us today or does it so this particular moment um begins uh you know shortly after jesus was betrayed by judas and arrested and it happens alongside uh, jesus being interrogated by the religious leaders particular caiaphas who was the chief priest and so peter is uh, following from a distance he's um he's in this courtyard and so i'm going to go ahead and share my screen and i'm going to read this passage and then we'll each share, you know, what sticks out, what compels us, and we'll get that conversation going. So let me go ahead and share my screen. All right, you guys see the, the passage there in front of us? All right. So two of the disciples, including Simon, Peter, and John, followed Jesus. John, known by the chief priest, was allowed into the chief priest's courtyard while Peter was required to stay outside. After speaking to the woman watching at the gate, she allowed Peter into the area while asking him a question he'd soon regret answering. You're not one of the man's disciples, are you? Peter responded with his first denial. No, I am not. His response was to go to the entryway, and there he heard a rooster crowing. The girl, a family member of the man whose ear Peter severed, spotted him once again. This man is definitely one of them. But but Peter denied it again with an oath. I don't even know the man. But then again, some bystanders adamantly confronted him again. You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter embraced his denial, going full bore. A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And then the rooster crowed once more as Jesus looked at him from across the way. The words of Jesus from the night before flashed through his mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. Peter broke down and wept bitterly as he fled so you know what's interesting to this uh with this passage for me is um or the thing that's kind of in that i'm sort of wrestling with or thinking about is you have peter who was so adamant about his his um his dedication to jesus prior to this but then you also have him he's 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 watching, he wants to know what's happening, but he's, there's a distance, an interesting distance between him and Jesus and what's happening. Um, You know, kind of watching, but not being too close, um, but also not wanting to be associated at the same time. And so that's something that's, that's interesting for me. Um, Jim, you know, when you hear this passage, when you think about Peter's denial, what, what sticks out for you?
1: Well, one of the things that I love about this so much is how human this experience is. So the difference between or the gap that we all have between our intentions mm-hmm. and our actions. And he knows what he believes he will do. He will fight. He will he will stand up to whoever it is that's going to try and harm Jesus. Yeah. And uh so many of us I think it happens most often when we're looking hindsight, twenty twenty on things like, Oh, if I had been that person in that situation, here's what I would have done. I would have been brave and I would have stepped up and I would have done the right thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of that, uh, Jesus, you don't need to worry about it. Right. I got your back. No matter what happens, here's what's going to, here's how things are going to go down. Uh, my nine-year-old does it all the time. He tells me in the future, he will never change his mind about liking girls, or he will never change <laughs> his mind about eating this type of food, right? And yeah. so I'll just, I'll just repeat to him, you know, we don't know what's going to happen until we get to that place. So we can't really say what it is exactly will be the case. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. That, that, yeah. What's interesting there is you made, you made the comment about the difference between our intentions and actions. You know, tell, tell me a little bit more about that, what you mean. Well, I, th- I think all
1: of us know in, uh, w- when we look at how we want to be seen in the story of what's happening... I mean, obviously the place that we would want to take is the one who defends Jesus, the one who is by his side, the one who's better than everybody else, right? And we all know when we've had the intentions to act honorably or to uh, be the best version of ourselves in a situation. And then when we get to the situation, even though we had all those intentions, mm-hmm. we're, we're won over by the, the more visceral... Um, you know, that fight, flight, or freeze moment, yeah. that adrenaline moment, right? We hit the reality of it and suddenly, you know, I, I think that's, it, it's, a uh, Addison can speak to this if he wants to, but um, a part of combat training is we think we know exactly how we're going to be in combat, but it's not until we have been taking through drill after drill after drill uh, that we start to recognize, oh, when it really comes down to it, here's how you really react. Here's what, mm-hmm. and you have to behave in a different way than perhaps your instinct would tell you.
2: Yeah. Right. You, you kind of reminded me of this thing where even when you're in the, the military, they say, you know, you don't be a hero. Don't assume that you're going to have, uh, an ability to continue in the face of fear because that causes you to be overconfident. If you lack the Mm. appropriate fear, in the face of something that you don't know, you're overconfident and it makes you untrainable, ungrowable. And I think um, there was the thing that like uh, in the story, the, the cool key of it is what's different between the night at the garden uh, where Peter literally does take a sword to a guy's ear, right? That's that's pretty courageous. He knows something. So he's, he's thinking this is a known variable. I know I'll fight. Um, what changes is... At that time, you know, he still thought they could, his version of, of what he thought was going to look like winning was going to happen, right? He thought Jesus was going to like take over and mm-hmm. uh, defeat the Romans and stuff like that. And decline declining the call. But once he realized that that wasn't a possibility and it didn't look like what he wanted, he didn't want to fight anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fight was really taken out of him. And he didn't know that he was, I, I think he was ready to fight and die if he thought Jesus was going to do what he wanted him to do. Yeah. um, He didn't realize how scared he would be of Jesus not doing the thing he wanted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that is, you know, in a similar way, Judas and Peter are quite, quite the same. They, they both had, they both sort of saw Jesus as this vehicle for some outcome that was neither of what their, what Jesus was really there for and what it was about. Mm Um.
1: I so had if, something if, real, yeah, real quick, yeah, Jason. The the uh, because I think I'll forget. Addison brought up um, the fight and die concept, which I think um, I hadn't considered before. But if the reality shifts from "I will fight and I will die by your side" over to "I will live and I will suffer," then suddenly that reality of "I may I may be killed, or I might be tortured, or I might be tortured and then." in prison for a very long time before I'm killed. All of those things are a very different view of the heroism that he anticipated. So I think that's a great point
0: by, by Addison. Yeah. Alan, what, what sticks out for you? What resonates about this story?
3: Yeah, I, I saw it. I mean, I think y'all have already raised some really good points. Um, I saw it sort of similar to, to Jim and um, that it's, you know, it's traditionally looked at as this, uh, this, this great, uh tragedy right almost shakespearean tragedy where you know he goes from the highs of the highs and, and to uh explaining how he's gonna fight to the death to you know just shame literally a paragraph or a chapter later <laughs> um and it's 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 truly you know just shakespearean it's that huge tragedy and, and I jim touched on a point that i really liked and i was trying to give it a name or, or it's like it's it's a um what would you call it, like an aspirational hypocrisy that, you know, it's just this great dilemma in the human being where, you know, what do you do when you aspire towards such great heights and yet you just mm-hmm. can't reach them or you don't reach them? Um, and you're left with following that um, and trying to figure that piece of it out. And that's what we're left yeah. with this piece. And I think that's where it starts to get really, really rich is trying to figure out From the little bit that we've given, you know, how do we figure that piece of it out? Because it's it's easy to read it and say, you know, it's just a you know poor one one reading is you can poor Peter, you know, he's not only denied Christ, but he did it three times. It was such a you know, and it's just so entertaining to see a a glorious failure, uh, a a glorious tragedy. It's so compelling. and then you can kind of read it a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, is is, is it the greatness of, of Jesus who's literally calling his shot, you know, a chapter ahead of time, you know, by the time that the crow, the, the crow cries, um, you're going to deny me. And, and, and he calls it right. Is, is it yeah. a, a ninth inning kind of pointing toward the outfield home run type mm-hmm. thing, but it's different because he doesn't win in this case, you know, Peter loses. And so how do you deal with that? It's such a, uh, you know, that I think that's the whole key of it is just the dilemma. It's just a common human element of of dealing with that aspirational hypocrisy, yeah. Uh, and then figuring out from the context what does that mean and what are they trying to tell us from from the context all around it.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you say that the idea of aspirational hypocrisy and just that that scope of of what's happening, the, the Lord of the Rings came to mind a few different pieces, but particularly Boromir, like when he's at the ring of the the council and he's like well what if we were to use the ring against you know against the evil forces you know we'll use it for advantage we'll be able to harness it um without like a recognition of the weight that come the reality that comes with bearing that Mm -hmm. that um power i guess
2: I love that I knew we were, one of us was going to say the, <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of the Rings analogy. I, that's great. And you know what, Alan, you, you made me think about another thing that is important to the story is that um, we all see ourselves on this imaginary timeline that um, we're improving over time, you know. And Peter's story says, like, actually, as, as long as you're alive, you're still as prone to failure or, or downfall or whatever as you ever were. And I know that that's supposed to be that it feels scary when we talk about it, but Jason and I have discussed it before. Um, I don't know if I'm spoiling this classic 1984 for you guys, but it, <laughs> the ending is really powerful because the good guys they lose and they give up. And I, you know, I always thought that that was really compelling. But when asked why, it's not because it makes me, you know, sad or scared. It's because, like, well, we should all know we have a limit and you know if we're still achieving then that that's within our boundaries we can do that but (laughs) but peter did have a limit that he didn't know and i think that i think that's good it's kind of relieving for me i don't have to be as good as i was yesterday there's no expectation i just give today's best right (laughs) if peter had known that maybe it'd be a tough day after his friend was put in jail and maybe he wouldn't have as much fight in him or maybe the fatigue would get to him if maybe he could acknowledge that he wouldn't have felt as much shame right it says he he cried afterward because he knew that not only did he deny his friend but he was wrong about himself i think Mm -hmm. that's that's important so
1: I had, uh, I had something else that built off of Addison. I, I love how in these conversations, you're, it, the influence of each person here on the panel takes us to a place that we hadn't considered. So I read this, you know, I read this passage in preparation for today, but now I'm kind of pulled over into Addison's, um, Addison's mindset. If, uh, if the thing that he knew, if there was one way that Peter knew how to be courageous, and that was, I recognize somebody who's a soldier, they're coming after my guy. I'm gonna pull out my sword and I'm gonna hurt him bad. But mm-hmm. right? if that is how he knows how to deal with challenge or with, um, you know, uh, uh, dangerous circumstances, and then you put him because because now under this same umbrella or in this same filter, we've got a woman who talks to him first, and it's just mm-hmm. a it's a person. She's just there. She's not a soldier. She's not coming after him. She's not about to grab Jesus. Jesus is taken. And she's just a person who's saying, Hey, you're that dude. Right. <laughs> and, and so he's like, well, no, cause I don't have any idea how to do this situation. I only knew how to do that situation. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't know if that oversimplifies, but it just made me think of I was not prepared for a conversation. I was not prepared to be accused <laughs> of something. I was prepared to take somebody's ear off. So can we well, do that? Yeah.
0: And what I guess what's interesting about what you said there is the uh, th- there's almost like a why are these people kind of pestering him? Like yes. why do they even it's almost this kind of it seems a little random. I mean it, it it probably isn't, but but there is that sense of like these people just are happening, they're curious, you know. It's it's not like they're trying to get him To to um corner him into some, although maybe it kind of feels that way to him as they keep asking like leave me alone, Mm -hmm. but at at a sense they're just curious like oh you're that person and and it's you know that's an interesting dynamic I guess that came to mind when you said that
1: you know the cognitive bias um, I'm trying to remember the name of it but where uh, where if you're shopping for a a particular vehicle suddenly that vehicle shows up everywhere in your life Mm -hmm. i think they were all everybody in that group was very sensitive to the fact that somebody just got grabbed and they got arrested and they're being brought in and that person is you know and they're thinking bad versus good they're thinking who needs to be arrested right this is going against things that i believe in so Mm -hmm. they're very aware of who here is a stranger who here yeah
0: yeah, not. and that's a good point. Because when I think about like situations in, in the company that I used to run or when in other companies I've worked with, you know, when something like a firing happens or a partner, there's a breakup with the partners or something like that kind of conversation sort of happens with all the people like, Yeah. They're having those conversations around what's happening. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You're aligned with, with that guy that just got fired. No, I'm not. I want my job. I want to keep my job. No, but you liked his ideas and meetings.
0: Yeah. Ah! Well, and, and I can recall, like, there's one particular client that I worked with um, that the way it ended was so catastrophic. Um, Millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of clients, uh, people out of money, the company would just completely failed. The attorney general was involved and, and I was hired by the CEO in this project. And, you know, there was this weird tension of like, this isn't me. This isn't my thing, but I'm connected to him. How do I support him, but not be too close to the fire? And, um, and, you know, there were some moments of panic, you know, where I felt too close to that fire and, and I can, I, I didn't expect that going into the situation even mm-hmm. though i knew it was kind of going to be a fiery mess so
3: you know well, you and, mar- and that's one difference though right he's alone now right so previously mm-hmm. he was with jesus um but now he's completely alone mm-hmm. but, but yeah, go ahead addison
2: no i like that point <laughs> <laughs> um and that gets to something that actually you know it kind of throws back to the greek and roman tradition that that uh, you know definitely the people in the bible they knew the stories from before them, but it was a well-known thing that the scariest thing was to be alone, not to not to to die. Right? There was honor if you went down with your buddies, but if you died alone, that was what they thought was the scariest or worst thing. And I think that's what Peter is facing the fear of. Is like I'm alone now. So so, Alan, I think that's great for just recognizing the tradition they grew up in. Um, right. That's that really was a different value system, right? And this is a pre. Pre-Jesus world, so to speak. They didn't Mm -hmm. have. They don't uh, have what we have. Yeah. They didn't, right. They didn't have a 2,000-year-old tradition of Christianity like we do today, where we we use Jesus as the model. They had sort of the stories of Odysseus and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where like his whole reason to get back to society is he's not going to die alone. Right.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But that goes back to, I mean, his tradition is that, you know, that the kingdom of the the jewish kingdom will be restored right that the messiah is coming back to restore the jewish kingdom and so he's you know it's going back to again what he had in his mind what his expectations were at the last supper and i think it was when i was reading it this weekend going back to like luke and it just went into a lot more detail that part of the conversation they had at the end of the last supper was who's going to be the greatest right who's the greatest among us right and so that, their whole mindset is, you know, which am I going to sit at, at his left or at his right, you know, and, and which of us win? So he's looking for this just glorious outcome that's going to go down a certain way. And when it starts not going down, and y'all have already touched on this, when it starts not going down the way that he expected, and that's life, right? That is commonly human. When you go through life and things don't work out the way you expect it, you know, how do you deal with that? I mean, it's just, I've always... It's overly simplistic, but I've said before, it's like, there's kind of two things that happen in life. Either either things don't go the way that you expected and you're <laughs> unhappy with that, or it goes the way you expect it and you're still not unhappy. So, or, or you're still not happy. Nice, so right. it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's like the expectations the... are such a key to what you think is going down. And then it it, it is just, it, it'll floor you and, and break you down to the core mm-hmm. when it doesn't go the way you expect it to go.
2: Hmm. right is it it makes me think that peter is sort of like the kid who like grew up in the gifted program and then he doesn't do great at his first job and like nobody cares about his gpa or anything and suddenly it's not easy and and he's frustrated and and he you know he gets that's a thing that i think is important is he gets mad at the people just asking him the questions um so he he's not just frustrated with himself or like it it doesn't describe him as afraid he starts being angry and projecting and doing all these other things. And we don't, the way it's written is kind of tough because we don't know, but it sounds when we hear it, we might be thinking like, oh, he's thinking strategically. If I sound angry, they're going to be like, well, of course he wouldn't be angry. I think it's involuntary a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's so uh, overcome with negative emotions that it com- he he puts it on other people, people who don't yeah. deserve it. I don't think it increases or decreases his chances of being recognized. yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. I mean his his whole picture, his whole narrative is breaking down at that point. everything that he thought like you said a minute ago, everything that he thought was going to be true isn't isn't coming to pass So if that's the case, it, it reminds me a lot of the actual Christian uh, experience nowadays we think, okay, so here's, what's going to happen. I'm going to become a Christian and I'm going to marry a Christian. I'm going to have Christian kids (laughs) and then I'm going to right, and like, here's how my life's going to go. And because of God, I'm going to have lots of money and I'm going to have a really nice car. And because I believe in God, then I won't, I won't be sick. And then it's like, wait, no, actually there are a lot of people. that are going to tell you it's, it's going to be way harder for you, right? You becoming a Christian is going to make things Mm. harder and that's not, that's not the sales pitch that often is led with, right? Like come, come on Sunday. We're going to tell you how much harder life is going to be <laughs> things our way. So, so it makes sense that there's not always, uh, there, there might be that rug that's pulled out from under you, but in, in the same way, he was thinking this was going to go a particular way. And th- and if all of them are thinking we win back to Addison's point earlier, um, if everybody's thinking we win, that's what happens next. We win, right? We triumph. We mm-hmm. we go and we defeat and we triumph and we win. We overcome. And then they watch their guy get arrested and then get put on a cross, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, we don't win, right?" Yeah. So what is true? If that's not true, and the other things were hinging on that in my mind, everything is crumbling now.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, the thing that sticks out too is you know you know Alan, you want to lean into this the the being alone thing not only is peter alone in this moment but by abandoning jesus he's he's causing jesus to be alone
3: oh wow um i was wondering if anybody would even go go to that uh so <laughs> kudos to you jason because i that kind of occurred to me too because we spent so much time talking about peter but but you know what's jesus experience in all of this uh and just what a heavy burden it is because you think back i mean some of this happened in threes, right? So we focus so much on the, you know, the the, the three denials. So he had had the three denials, but as I was going back, and I'm probably stretching this farther than it should go, but he kind of denied Christ a couple of times already, right? Which is, so they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Will you stay up and pray with me? No, he falls asleep, right? Mm -hmm. So he he leaves Christ alone there. Mm. Then when he gets arrested, he as Addison's talked about, takes the wrong approach, uh, you know, embraces the violent thing, and, you know, slashes a, 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 the the ear of the guard, and then it says, I think in one of them, that all the disciples flee, right, so then he starts following behind, so he leaves the scene, so there's two cases, really, where he's already left yeah. Jesus alone, and, you know, it's just, you know, and this is this tragedy wrapped in a greater tragedy, which, of course, is Christ who's having to take all of this on himself, by himself. And, and he spent all these years ministering, trying to build up this team, and, and the minute that it all goes down, you know, they scatter. And that was, you know, part of the, the, um, uh, the challenge that he issued at the, at the Last Supper which uh, I was trying to think where he said it. He's like, I think that it's a reference to Zechariah 13, seven. He's like, uh, when he's challenging Peter, he says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's fulfilling that, that prophecy that what, well, you know, when Jesus is gone, everybody, and he's, I'm the only one, everybody's going to fall away. And Peter jumps up, you know, even though everybody falls away, I won't. And Luke even takes it a step further is, um, uh, where it says, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Simon, I have prayed for you, and this is Jesus speaking. Simon, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Right. So it's almost a Jobian,
0: mm-hmm. a
3: Job thing, where he's given license to Satan to take over Peter and allow him to fail in a glorious way. But yeah, yeah. it's.
0: So what it's would tragic. you what would you say to that? It wasn't like Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to protect you from tragedy. But right. he said, I'm, I pray that you will endure the tragedy that's
3: coming. Right. And it's almost like it's almost like Judas. And that, you know, I wonder if Peter even had, uh, you know, uh, this gets in the free will versus predestination. Was it ever going to, you know, what happened if Simon didn't deny him three times? Did he really have a choice in that in that area? Or was it just it was just going to happen this way because Jesus knows it. And it's almost like, you know, Groundhog Day is, you know, is God really God just because he's been around for so long. um, It's he's seen everything and he knows everything. So he knows how it's going to go down. So he already understands it. Um, But it's got to be painful to sit there and as Jesus and know that I, I'm the only one that can literally carry this burden and carry this cross that no one else is going to be able to do it. Even Peter, who's so, Courageous, apparently courageous.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a this is a military thing. We talked about the military angle earlier, but there is a distinction that that uh is taught. It well, it was for me in basic training in the army, and they do differentiate between moral and physical courage. Um, and you'd think like, well, they're closely linked, right? But no, there are, are many people who are much more willing to endure physical pain then to endorse psychological pain, especially because, you know, physical pain, um, we kind of get used to it in a different way. So, right. Like, um, we can tell that Peter kind of is an adrenaline junkie sometimes, right. He gets mm-hmm. hyped up. He's the first one to talk. Um, he's excited about the idea of glory and honor. Yeah. Um, so, so he, you know, I'm, those are like things you feel, you don't get greedy for those things from a rational standpoint. Yeah. Um, but moral courage is, um, it is different, especially because unless you've thought about it before, you really don't know the right response. Like unless Peter really sat and was like, "Okay, there's a good chance I would uh, deny Jesus. What do I say if someone asks me if I know him?" I mean, unless you ask yourself that, there's nothing in your your gene memory or or your yeah. basic instincts that tell you to, how to respond verbally. There mm-hmm. there isn't anything. Fight or flight is right. It's like fists and feet. Um, but it doesn't give you a lot of uh, verbal uh, power, right? There's yeah. nothing about the adrenaline that's going to make you quick-witted or extremely yeah. honest or anything like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. there's a scene in um, Save and Private Ryan where towards the end of the movie where they're they're battling and this guy is like fighting hand-to-hand with this guy with knives and there's a guy in the stairs that could save save his fellow soldier and he just he paralyzes onto the stairs and he can't do anything. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, he didn't plan that. He didn't expect that. But when, in the, when the crisis came, it was what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where we watch it and it's like, how could you, you know, <laughs> but we're not in that moment. We're not that person. We don't have their history. And it's, it's, it's so tragic. You know, it's just hard to reconcile.
1: Uh, I, tell me if this is too much of a stretch, uh, but okay. if, if what we're experiencing in the Bible through narrative is, uh, is in, so much of the narrative is connected to a greater point, right? And if uh, this was yet again, the story of Peter and his denial was yet again an example of how human beings cannot willpower and resolve their way into heaven right you can't do everything no matter what you think it's like oh no i don't i don't need for jesus to die on the cross i'll just do everything right all the time and i'll i'll do the sacrifices when i'm supposed to and i'll do this right and god's point is there isn't another way like this is the way uh that this is all going to work um, and I know that because I, you know, I'm God and I, and I see all of this. So, so when Jesus, um, in the, in the South, I don't know how many of you guys, this couldn't, this could have, uh, been pushed past the South. So I'll, I'll give you credit if you know it. But there's a bless your heart phrase that they use a lot in the South. And I feel <laughs> like, um, I don't want to put on Jesus, uh, that he was saying bless your heart, but it seems like, He looks at Peter when Peter says, I'm not going to, like, I will die by your side. Everything's going to be, and he's like, oh, Peter, bless your heart, man. You're going to (laughs) be the one that denies, like, oh, it's, that's hard. Spoiler alert, Peter. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's, it's going to be hard to be you. Like, it's hard to be me, but I totally am wrapped. Like, I'm very, very Mm -hmm. aware of exactly what the path is. You still think we're going to win in the way you think we're going to win. Like, we do win, but you're going to you you think it's going to happen a different way and you're going to deny me oh that bless your heart peter
2: yeah it's <laughs> almost like he thinks he knows what he's getting for his birthday and because oh. it's not he's going to be disappointed with the good gift it's like yeah. uh, stop guessing stop guessing yeah. stop
1: yeah. stop stop guessing yeah you don't uh, know you don't know what's going to happen stop guessing what you think is going yeah, to happen
2: you reminded me of an important thing about the way this story is taught uh, though because when i was a kid you know, there were people who told me Bible stories and we'd get to Sunday school or, you know, I'd be at home with family or whatever, and we'd get to the story. And, you know, so the moral of the story to them was like, Oh, well, you should never ever disown your beliefs in your religion. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's the moral, but that's not really the moral. The moral is we should all realize we have a Peter point, the point at which our, you know, our fear for ourselves could overcome or our confusion about what what's going on right now or our sense of loneliness or whatever could overcome what we believe. Everyone should mm-hmm. feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny that, you know, Peter gets in the way that it's taught, right? Peter is hero 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 and then it's almost like he's written like a different character. This is like, <laughs> you know, Peter 2.0 for this story and then he gets to be hero 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 again. I think that's I think that's a poor way to teach it. I think we should be like, we should say like flawed human being, flawed human being, flawed human being the whole way. That's the, that's yeah. the beginning to end. That's the yeah. through yeah. line.
0: Well, and I think there's also something to add. I think Alan, you said it was, he wasn't with Jesus. And so his, a lot of the, the three years he spent following Jesus, the the goodness that he had during that season, um, how much of it was his, was from himself versus being with Jesus. And so sometimes we can be better than we are based on who we're around or the system we're in or the context that surrounds Mm -hmm. us. But you strip all that away and and we see someone in the mirror that's not who we thought was there. Yeah. Or at least that seems like that. So,
1: yeah, it's, uh, I think there's a psychological uh, uh, principle, the shadow self, right? There is a, there's an, uh, there's an aspect to us that is darker, that is, uh, it is not what we focus on. We don't give as much attention to it. And when you don't give much attention to it or recognize its existence, it surprises you when it surfaces. And uh, I think I think um, Peter is like, like Addison said earlier, he's like an adrenaline junkie, right? He's thinking like, I'm brave, I'm courageous, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna do these things. And it's just like, okay, now take everything away. And what are you now? Right. Like that's that was my that was my story of how I became a Christian. Right. Was um, I was very resistant to faith uh, and to the final final steps in 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 becoming a Christian because I was so good at taking care of myself and I was so privileged as a kid that um, when it, uh, I was in the middle of North Dakota in a, a person's attic. There was a snowstorm all around i had the flu and uh i only had one person that i knew that was with me and she was she was in charge of the work that we were doing because i was sick so she wasn't there nobody else was there it was a snowstorm i couldn't get out i didn't have a vehicle there there was heat only in one room And I was delirious with the flu. And it was at that point in time when God had basically said, okay, if these are all the things that you are leaning on, instead of leaning on me, let's just go ahead and take a second. This is what it feels like to be without anything. And do you feel that? Okay, cool. Now I can, I can be there for you. Like I'm here, I've been here the whole time, right? So you just have to be, you have to be open to this too. And I was like, "Oh, that's what we're talking about this whole time. That's what we're talking about." And so from that moment on, even though I'd been all this time, I mean, I I rode my bike to school because my parents didn't go to church. I said school. I rode my bike to <laughs> I rode my bike to ch- uh, to church my, myself at the age of twelve because uh, my parents didn't go to church, and yet I was it was an additional. 12 years after that. It was double my lifespan again before I had that moment where I was like, oh, right. So we don't have any idea what's coming. We don't have any idea what it's going to feel like. Um, We can say what we think is going to happen, but the truth of it is, is if we're not, even if we prepare ourselves as much as you can possibly prepare yourself and even ask yourself the questions like Addison was saying earlier, you prepare yourself. I'm going to get asked or whatever. Who knows in the moment whether you're mm-hmm. even your preparation will be enough, right? The soldier yeah. in in Saving Private Ryan, who's on the stairs, who's watching his buddy, he was probably trained pretty well exactly what to do. And then when he was a distance away, that's that, right? Like he was over at the staircase yeah. watching it and needed to act, he didn't move. Mm hmm. So no matter I mean we some people prepare some people prepare and then they do other people prepare and then they realize what reality is and feels yeah. like.
3: So I, that that was Alan, kind of a breakthrough moment for me too uh, cuz my my therapist was sharing it with with me one time he was like that he's like the part of the beauty of the gospels or even the bible overall you know is it's full of all all flawed people they're all you know tragically flawed people and what's even more beautiful about the disciples is he says they, they live out their confessions in front of us in real time, wide open in front of us. And, you know, I always thought confessions. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not Catholic. So I, I kind of thought, you know, it's confession, admitting your sin or admitting your guilt, that that, that kind of tactical approach. Or, you know, it's a confession if I'm a, a prisoner or, or someone's committed a crime and I, I'm on, you know, and I get for I'm on the on the. Um, in front of a jury and they just keep badgering me until I say, yes, yes, I confess. You got me, you caught me, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it feels, those all feel like pushed upon you, but the confession really is, it can also mean a confession of faith, right? A a creed or the Westminster confession of faith or whatever it is. And so again, it gets back into that, that uh, aspirational hypocrisy when you aspire towards something really, really great and come up short how do you deal with that? And and, the, mm-hmm. and you know Peter's living this out right out in front of us. Um, and we get to see it and see how he wrestles yeah. with being human and, and falling short of what he even wanted to do himself, which yeah. was, there was nothing wrong with what he wanted to do. He wanted greatness for, mm-hmm. for Jesus is what he wanted. Um, but, and it just didn't happen the way he wanted it to. So we have to learn, we get to learn from watching these people in, in real life. And most of us live it out in private and Peter gets it. Laid out yeah. in front of everyone. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and what's yeah. interesting, I guess, that comes to my mind. And there, there's a, th- th- at that time, I, I don't think people were disillusioned about the tragedy of life. I, I think they faced and lived in it pretty, pretty deeply. But Jesus comes along and actually gives them hope. And I think it's interesting to think, wow, they actually had hope in a tragic world. But now that hope is, it seems like it's either hanging on a thread or it's, the lights been dimmed out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 it also um, how we have hope. Uh, I, I know I keep harping on narrative, but I spend all of my time thinking about narrative, so it's it it. I, I guess it just goes along with the territory. Um, when we think about uh, how things are playing out at that time, if they had understood what hope hope they should be having versus the hope. Right, their hope was shaped a particular way, and it was shaped on a set of circumstances that they thought were going to play out a certain way. Mm -hmm. And the hope is still there. If there is still, right, we 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 receive that hope and we receive that gift thanks to all of these events. But when they started to think, "Oh, this is not uh, happening like I had hope in it," Mm -hmm. so therefore we
2: lost right Mm -hmm. there's a big chunk of peter feeling an authentic emotion but about something that's a total misunderstanding um because i think he feels betrayed by jesus i think he feels like jesus fooled me into thinking he was gonna kick everyone's butt and he fooled me into thinking i was safe and he let me down because he didn't win Mm -hmm. and that makes him feel like this is justified it makes me think about because Peter's an early adopter to the mm-hmm. to the you know Jesus program, right? So when somebody likes a band before they're famous, and then the the band makes it big, and then puts out an album that they don't like, then they're like, oh, I was a diehard fan, but that's not even the it's not even the band anymore, right? <laughs> so the first person to love it ends up you know maybe saying, I guess Peter's sort of saying like I was a fan of Jesus's earlier work, but I'm not loving this new <laughs> album. I feel like he let me the fan down. Um, yeah. and is sort of trying to hop off the train. And, you know, I say that analogy just because it's a lot easier for us to imagine, like, you know, we might be like, oh, I did that. I don't like this TV series where it went or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think Peter feels that on a very real level, like the real emotion of like, I got let down by my hero um, and doesn't realize, you know, it's sort of there's something else coming. So I think it's a, a when you say it's tragic in a Shakespearean way, Alan, I think there's a, a dual meaning here. And that's because we, as the audience, know stuff that, that Peter doesn't can't possibly know. That is a very Shakespearean, dramatic mm-hmm. irony. Um, because if he had all the information, he wouldn't act that way. Um, but there's no way for him to be any other way. We, we should read this and be like, this is the only outcome. This is mm-hmm. the only way he could be.
1: Yeah. And I think what's wild about that is we have we now have unprecedented access to... Not just the Bible, but to people writing about the Bible who spend their entire lives thinking about the Bible. And yet we still continue to get it wrong. And we still misplace characters and misplace uh, intentions. And, and, and so even now you watch certain pastors or certain people that are teaching things. They're like, we got it. We know what's going on because we have so much knowledge, right? And then they go and here's what it all means. And then they start to go off the and you're like, no, that's not it. No, it's cool. It's cool. This is what God wants for you. And it's So even when given every opportunity, every privilege, any amount of money, no matter what you get, there's still this Peter, uh, Peter, uh, reaction. What did you say earlier? That was so cool. The Peter, the, the Peter point where Peter point, how much reach pressure a Peter it would point. take to
2: break you. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So no matter what you have, I mean, you can, it, and it, it seems like it would be discouraging to think that you have a Peter point. This is also a point that somebody made a little while ago. It seems like that would be discouraging unless you look at it front in, in light of the whole point of the Bible. Especially the whole point of the New Testament, right? So if we look at it that direction, then of course we've got a Peter point where we're going to break, right? Right. Of course we can't do everything perfectly. It makes perfect sense. We're human and the creator of humans knew we're human, right? And he understands humans and he understands what's going on. And this is the only way it could play out, right? But even with that hindsight 2020, we still get it wrong today, Uh, even though we've got everything that we would
2: need to not get it wrong, so I wouldn't say uh, we get it wrong in spite of that. I'd say we get it wrong because of that. Because sure. yeah. there's a there's a lot of extraneous information, and I you used the term confirmation bias, so I'm going to borrow since there's yeah. like you know, a thousand yeah. varieties, yeah. Uh, but it's the information bias we. Believe that an abundance of information helps us reach the correct conclusion. We really right. only need, you know, a couple premises in the right format. Yeah, um, adding more premises doesn't help us draw a better conclusion.
1: That's right. And, and my and my point, and I'd love to, I'd love to hear more uh, about this from you, Edison. Um, but the the for the longest time, they said, oh, well, only the priests have access to the Bible. Only the priests, like there aren't that many copies there. It's not floating around everywhere. Right. And so by the, that that's a part of the problem. And then they were like, you know what, there are going to be so many copies of this Bible. There's going to be one in every hotel room. Right. <laughs> so act like we, we put it on access. We're like, Oh, Oh, well, if we had more access to the right. But in to, to Addison's point, uh, then we confuse ourselves with a, a million other things. We, we have all of these other, uh, uh, premises that 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 we get distracted by so even though um you would think okay now we can get it right no you still can't you still can't get it right you're not or if
3: be- i could or if i could walk alongside jesus and, and talk yes! to him for three years yes! then then it would make more sense <laughs> to me and it still doesn't work right
2: there you go that's the i think that's the best moment i think that's a highlight reel go ahead and yeah cut, that. A, cut to that right there that's fantastic <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, no, people forget about the oral tradition period um, because there was a huge time where all these stories were kind of you know, verbal myths. Like the books that are called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John weren't, weren't literally written down by those four guys. It was, they told somebody verbally and somebody else was like, cool, I'm going to call this story the Matthew story and I'm going to tell someone else. Um, so there was an abundance of information. So getting... The book was an upgrade they were like now we have one that i what the council of mycenae or whatever they were like this this will be the one that we all use because mm-hmm. we had to battle confusion before um oral tradition <laughs> still continued there's i mean there's to this day a hundred different versions of the bible so if you can get the core thing right there's there's i saw somebody when i had studied this before who was mincing words about whether the the rooster crowed once or twice for the denials i was like guys that's not the point of the story yeah Uh, get to the essence what's the thing that would make it through any version of you know any number of washings and retellings and whether it's mel gibson portraying you know the (laughs) roman soldier or not (laughs) (laughs) you know what's the thing that's going to stand out and i think it really is um yeah, I I think it is Alan's point. You could you could be front and center. You could be the roadie for Jesus, yeah. and you're still gonna mess up.
0: Yeah, and I can remember like having a similar type of moment to that, like reading about Moses. Like he's the burning bush is literally in in front of him, and he's saying, "I don't think I'm the guy for this." <laughs> you know, it's like okay, yeah. if he's doing it. There really is no uh, no one that's gonna pass that up, <laughs> and it goes right back to the hindsight twenty twenty thing
1: again, right? Like I can the reason that what Alan said a second ago was so phenomenal to me. Uh, again, the highlight reel has to has to happen. I just want I just want the beginning of the conversation and then Alan's thing. <laughs> That's it. the The idea that um, the idea that we look back and we're like, well, if I had been an apostle and I had been with Jesus, then here's what I would have done, right? and and only in knowing the outcome of the story do we believe that might even possibly be true and even if we were put back there we would likely have behaved the same way in face of danger or or, or, you know heightened emotion or any of those things
2: you know i i think there's this important thing this plot twist you've been saying the hindsight is 2020 thing but the thing we forget about hindsight being 2020 is that 2020 vision is not perfect either 2020 is typical human vision um there are granularities much better we could have a microscope we could have photographic vision Mm -hmm. we could see the infrared spectrum there's so many other things we could see so yeah hindsight is 2020 and it's still that's that's our description of the flawed human typical vision um there there could be so much better and and i think we're all we all look back at that story and we're like yeah i would have done better yep that's 2020 vision that's we still yeah. just don't have that level of granularity we, we okay can't. there's
1: your highlight reel so now we now you've
0: got it jason those are the two that make <laughs> the, it through. the two liners so let me throw this out there um you know we're we're going to come across peter i mean we're all going to be Peter we've been Peter we'll be Peter sometime in the future but we're also going to come across Peter so how how do we best how do we best do that
2: I'll kill the dead silence by restating the question you're asking how we can take a lesson from this and apply it in our real lives yeah I think the biggest thing for me personally, the moral courage lesson I've gotten in my life and that I see reflected in, in Peter screwing up is when I read the story now, I can think of times I screwed up and be like, oh, that was my denial. That was my moment. Um, but being able to think through some of the, the moral challenges we're going to come up against and go ahead and come up with a plan. Uh, to know what you're going to say or do in advance, to be philosophical and think about it. uh, I think that's really one of the few ways to prepare. And I think Jesus did that a lot for his disciples by having conversations with them, Mm -hmm. telling them, you know, here's what you say, here's what you do, here's how you treat people. Um, I think that's been a huge part for me, saying, what would I do if, you know, sometimes uh, I I don't know what I'm going to do when a tough moral question comes along, but but asking it and and Mm -hmm. posing it, I think helps and, and it's, once what if peter, yeah what if yeah well peter you know i don't know if it's true history but eventually he did get to be crucified for being a christ follower so he does figure it out eventually but but now he's preparing he's kind of mm-hmm. going to get the time to retrospect and look mm-hmm. and say how would i answer that question differently next time yeah um, And I think we can do that in advance. We don't have to wait till we screw up Mm -hmm. that bad. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, What if it's not?
0: Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What if it's not you? It's someone else that that you're seeing that you can't necessarily control whether they do what you're describing. How how best to uh, go about that?
2: Even Jesus couldn't steer Peter away from being Peter, so I don't think mm-hmm. there is a way.
1: Yeah, for, for me, uh, and this is what's so great about um, uh, having uh, Addison and Alan on at the same time is I feel like we're completing these different elements of, of the same thought. So if you can prepare yourself and do your best, but still there's a big chance that you're not going to be able to do it at the time. Part of this seems like uh, if you allow for your failure to do the right thing at the right time, to end your calling and no longer proceed with the great things that you could do in in, in the rest of your life, because I have seen people, I'm a coach, so I see people lock up because they made a bad decision and they basically just throw in the towel and they're just like, yep, I messed this up. That that was behind them. Yeah. Yeah. That's my defining factor. I failed. I'm not as perfect, right? And so it's kind of like, no, you're not a failure. You did fail. And it's what you do next that's important, right? So even the guy that said he would take care of Jesus, cut off somebody's ear, then denied him three times, even he can then grieve and weep and Mm -hmm. think about it and make other choices and grow from that experience and do something different. Right? So, so if we can prepare, I think Edison's first part is we prepare, right? We fill our hearts and our minds with as much of this as, as possible. And we think about how difficult it might be as close as we can get to it. And then also when we do fail, because we will, here's how we forgive ourselves. And here's how we uh, uh, pick ourselves back up again. And we let go of our ego that thinks that if we make a mistake, we're no longer valuable. Mm-hmm. And we move on and we, and we go and we try hard and we do again and we
2: rinse and repeat until we get it right.
0: Yeah.
2: I love it. We don't know if that's the last time Peter failed. Maybe there was a time that he still screwed up and no. denied being a Christian later. There's, we don't know. You're that right.
1: rooster might've just followed him around his entire <laughs> life and just like,
2: ah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: This dang rooster.
0: <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, the, the other interesting thing, you know, what can we learn about how Jesus interfaces with Peter and, and guides him? Like you said, uh, Addison, he couldn't unpeter peter him. Um, Alan, as you said, he, he prayed for him and yet he still did it. But, but how, what, does that, what does that show us and how we could parent or how we could mentor, or how we could lead other people? What's in Jesus's model there for us when we're, we're dealing with people? Alan, any, what thoughts you got on that?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, some of us jumping ahead, right, so, I mean, um, he, you know, if we jump ahead, Peter gets restored, right, and so mm-hmm. he gets restored in a couple different ways, I mean, and, and that's, you know, there's, again, so much beauty in this is God doesn't write him off for failing, even though, I mean, it's just how frustrating is that for Jesus to go I knew you're going to fail. You failed. I'm going to give you another chance, right? There's just you know, it's just the the, the beauty of grace and mercy. And he appears to, you know, if, if he denied him three times, he had three times to to kind of stand by 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 Jesus, and he didn't. Um, but then he's restored because Jesus appears to him, you know, three times. He he shows him, uh, you know, the the uh, I think it was Peter that he shows the holes in in his hand so that he would he would believe it when he's when he's risen, right? Uh, uh, I think end. that was
0: Thomas, but
3: yeah, I mean Tom he did Thomas, appear to, so to all Thomas. of them. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So, but he appears to the disciples three more times. But then there's that beautiful piece at the end of I can't remember which one it is. Maybe Luke, where he talks about um, he he interacts with Peter directly and says, you know, do you love me? And he says, yes. Uh, or or you know, will you follow me? And he says, yes. Tend my sheep. And and he and he says. Do you love me? And he says, feed my lambs. And then it's, you know, tend my lambs or whatever. There's a different response on each of those. But the point being is he reaches out three straight times to restore Peter in a a right relationship. And then hopefully by that time, Peter understands just like what y'all talked about. It's not what we do. You know, it's how we identify with something bigger than ourselves and outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and hold on to that. Uh, as represented by what only Jesus in this case could Mm -hmm. accomplish. It didn't matter how good a job Peter did. He was never going to accomplish what Jesus needed to accomplish. Jesus was the only one that could do it. Mm -hmm. And the only way that Peter can tap into that as a a branch into the vine is to literally identify himself with with Jesus. So it's, Mm -hmm. again, that Shakespearean, you know, how do you set aside your identity and 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 adopt the identity of, of something else that's outside of you, that's uncomfortable because that means your death. Yeah. If you give give up your identity, that's the only way you can identify in Jesus's death, which accomplishes what he wanted to accomplish. So yeah. it's, it's a it's an amazing story that, you know, where else do we get grace? Where else in the world do we get grace? Mm-hmm. We, well, we don't we get it did. anywhere.
2: We can be gracious with other people, I think, is a lesson from that. We can keep our exactly. standards high, uh, but our expectations low, right? Because Jesus has a high standard, but he's got low expectations. Um, and that's kind <laughs> of that's kind of the cool redemption story, right? Like, I want you to do well, but when you don't, yep. you get another try. <laughs> uh, I think that's been helpful for me as a parent because I think, um, you know, with my kids, I... There's this tendency to want to make them an improvement on us as like the past model, mm-hmm. um, but I have reminded myself that if I perceive my kids as taking longer at something than I did, or you know, being worse about some sort of characteristic than I was, that it doesn't really matter. They'll just mm-hmm. figure it out in their time. Yeah, um, I, I can't can remember who, who
3: said it, but it, it was like I I, I never lose you know, I, I either succeed or I learn, right. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm probably butchering the the quote, but, um, you know, it was the idea of that, you know, you either get it right or you learn from getting it wrong. And then you just keep going there. There's definitely an, uh, an element, I think that you're talking about Addison, which is just, you keep going, you you get up and dust yourself off and, and Mm -hmm. the endurance of the, uh, the desire is what matters more almost than the um, actual action itself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what we've given that, that grace and mercy by the fact that, you know, I don't know where it said, but you know, you, you meant this for, for evil, but I'll use it for good. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's where, you know, Jesus and God has a different Level above and beyond what we can see, he's got the X-ray vision that we don't have. That you were talking about, Addison, where he can see it farther ahead mm-hmm. and know how this plays out than we can, because we're so limited in our in our yeah. sight.
0: So I guess on that note, you know, and and um, you know, you made the comment about you know Peter was restored. So Jim, you know, we 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 can fully embrace the, the reality of tragedy in our lives, and we can. Mm-hmm. Um, experience that um, but we don't know who's being restored and who will be who will be restored and we don't know how redemption unfolds so how do w- what do we learn about enduring that uncertainty season between tragedy and and redemption so in in uh, i think
1: a lot when i see uh, addison and i see jason i think in terms of movies because that's how i how i know you guys um, and, I, and I think about storytelling from the, from the standpoint of if you were to edit, and by, by edit, I just mean if you were to stop the story or stop that scene, and that was the last you heard from that character, that has a huge impact on the message that we take away, right? So if the story of Peter was, um, you know, he, uh, he does this, this, and this, and then he denies uh, Jesus three times, and we don't hear from him again what a waste what a guy right man get out of here you schmuck uh because because he failed or whatever but the fact that we continue forward with the story and we see what happens after that point we're then able to get a larger picture of why it was important in the story to see him at Hmm. that point so uh when we if we see our lives and the lifespan that we have as the only thing that matters and what we do during that life, well, then as soon as we're dead, then uh, that's the end of the story, right? And then, and it doesn't matter after that. Our children and generations allow us to have an impact on lives that will continue to be lived after we're dead. And so the things that we do, we're given, in a in sense, all uh, we, we, we do get to experience eternity eventually. but. We, all, we have an impact and a legacy on things that move forward. And so if we just keep uh, picking ourselves back up again, if we don't allow that to be the end of our story, if we do something and then we show our kids picking ourselves back up again, and they see that what happens next, iterative Christianity, right? You just pick yourself back up again and you do another iteration and you try, you know, whatever it is. With the full knowledge that you may never actually, and you'll never hit perfect, and you're not going to, but that's not an excuse not to pick yourself back up again and and hit move it Move towards
0: the standard, yeah.
1: And move towards the standard, right? So I think it was really powerful, the idea that you just said a second ago, um, he had low expectations, but he had a high standard that's exactly how we should be uh uh uh, paying attention to this right Mm -hmm. because we can accidentally or deviously duck into well he's got low expectations on us because we're humans we're just gonna mess up anyway so we might as well not really try right like i'm a christian now so i'll just live however i want (laughs) to but the standard is there for us to aim at right we continue to try and hit the standard with the full knowledge that we're human
0: yeah right. well and that's where you know what you said addison like with your son like allowing him to get there when he gets there like working with him versus forcing him there and, and in a sense it's what we see with peter and jesus jesus is he 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 knows the end standard and he knows that to get there is is steps along the way and so um he's 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 working that out in the in the best way possible to mm-hmm. to, to uh to redeem him So the other dynamic that's interesting here, that's an overlay with with Peter's denial is at the same time, Jesus is being interrogated by the religious leaders and they're trying to concoct a reason to kill him and bearing false witnesses against him. So here you have this innocent man who's being interrogated. Um, And then you have Peter who is a follower. He's being interrogated at the same time and he's not being forthcoming about (laughs) what's true. So there's this interesting, I hadn't thought about that until we started discussing it, but, but those two things are happening at the same time. And, you know, you know, Alan, do you have any, any thoughts but that come to before mind? Before Alan
1: yeah. answers, cause I'm very interested to hear what Alan says, but I just want to stick in there. The idea yeah. that Addison brought up earlier on, they're both being interrogated and they're both alone. That idea mm. of them being alone. So they've got very similar circumstances, right? And they're alone. I'll get it back to you.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I think there's that parallel. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I keep coming back a little bit to the threes. There's a little bit of a three. So they're interrogating Jesus with, uh, you know, that he will rebuild the temple in three days, of course. So that, that was kind of his challenge. And then, you know, Peter's challenge was just to embrace Jesus when asked three times by, you know, the, mm. the servant girl and, and, the, and the two other people, I, I'd say that the third one is and it's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it's, you know, it's almost like the temptation uh, again, the, the temptation of Christ. So when, you know, when he was taken by, by Satan and, and looking out, you know, there were three, you know, carefully crafted proposals that Satan gave to Jesus that would sort of... You know, encounter his appetite or his desire for ego or power uh, or his his ability to kind of push push God to accelerate this uh, this uh, little experiment or uh, the inheritance of this great kingdom. So you've got these kind of situations, and then you know, again, I, I see Peter kind of going through again his his temptation of you know, do I you know do I stay up with with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and pray with him or not do, do I fight or do I flee? Uh, and then finally, do I, you know, do I submit my will and and my picture of what the way I think this should work out and embrace Mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, when asked about him three times or not. So again, probably a stretch, but I I do see, you know, there's some similarities in there because he's the human equivalent. He's, he's, you know, man trying to save himself and, and in his way, and Jesus is trying to save someone that he has no obligation to save. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I just, I keep coming back to it. And that that's why I can't walk away from Jesus is, is why did he do it? Why, why does he do it? Because I've said before, if if I was, you know, if the Bible was about me, I was writing the Bible, it'd be over in two or three chapters because I just <laughs> wouldn't have the patience to get through even Genesis with, you know, giving these yeah. people chances after chance after chance after chance after chance to, to come back. So it's a it's a great story. And I think it's just a reminder that, that humans, you know, we can't get there ourselves. We, we just we can't get there. We want to. It's that struggle again between more ta- we're, we're immortal and mortal at the same time yeah. a- and 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 that's what we're struggling with our entire life and it's it's a unique human experience for peter yeah um
1: jason something that's kind of uh interesting because you are looking at this um from the garden of gethsemane forward to the crucifixion as uh, as you're preparing to write this book and i think if you looked at just that short period of time as a uh, Sub metaphor like this, this story is a representation of the entire story, like it's mm-hmm. got, it's got within it, every point that we're really trying to make, mm. right happens. It's it's like it has already happened, you, you brought back the you brought up the, the Old Testament. Um, here are all these things we would never have patience for, um, again and again, people get opportunities to, to redeem themselves another chance. So if you look at it just from that standpoint forward, it, it's kind of like everything that you need to know, you learn in kindergarten. It's like everything that you need to know really is from the moment of, uh, uh from there forward. Mm-hmm. It's all, and it's all these microcosms of the macro yeah. story.
0: The problem is kind of how yeah. I think of it. The, the human problem and the, the human problem. problem.
1: Yeah. And there are just plenty of examples through it, right? Uh, All of the, I mean, it's it's so it's such a well told story because um, there are these villains in this story that are 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 doing, you know, they're pitted against Jesus, and the reasons that they're pitted against him are so human,
0: yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But also
1: the reason that people betray him is so human, and the people who renounce him are so right, like
0: yeah. And I think you know, me and you have talked about. The idea of when things end, everything comes out at that point. It's a, yes. it's a moment of, of explosion, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And this right. is an ending that, that is eliciting or surfacing all of these factors. And I think what's powerful about the story, one of the factors that's powerful about the story is um, it's, I think we, we can look at, I would hope that we can look at this story this our part and, and then the, the larger part and, and realize that, that this is us, right? I see it's a mirror, this is me, right? And I think sometimes it can be hard to do that because it's so dark, um, but also because it's a different era. And I think we think we're enlightened and, and we're in the future so we don't suffer from these human issues. But, but, but it is this mirror into us if, if we're willing to humble ourselves.
1: You just, you just, what you made me want to do there, Jason, um, is you made me want to go through that story of, right, right? Like we just, I just, I mean, I already rehashed it, but from the Garden of Gethsemane through the crucifixion and take myself or it, or the reader or the the viewer, whoever it is, and put them in each person's point of view as that story unfolds. Right. And yeah. so what would the circumstances need to be in your life for you to have been the soldier whose ear is cut off? Mm-hmm. What would it need to be for you to be Peter? What would it need to be for you to be mm-hmm. each one of these different people and under the right circumstances, because we are all human under yeah. the right circumstances, we could have been anyone in the story, even the ones who were calling for Jesus's crucifixion. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I would even add, you know, to to take what you just described and go, what what would that look like today? Like how does that oh, play yeah. out in my marriage, in my family, in right. my work? Because right. these things are everywhere. I see them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: And we know what we would want. We know what the right uh, Sunday uh, morning um, conversation at at church when you're wearing your your best outfit, Mm -hmm. we know what that would look like if we were trying to say, oh, yeah, well, definitely, I, I see the pastor's point. And what we should do is this, right? But I think what we're getting impacted with here is you've got no idea right you've got no real idea unless you're actually in that circumstances so prepare yourself support mm-hmm. it with knowledge seek the the holy spirit do these different things that that will help you and then also you're gonna mess up yeah. you're going to and there's absolutely no reason why we should all run around pretending mm-hmm. that we haven't it's only yeah. it's only hurting us in the long run to pretend that we're not all humans None of none of us better than the others. Yeah, I, and I
3: take it a step further. It's, it's even worse. I mean, you're 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 literally. I mean, we've got the perfect example here. When you try to make it look better than it <laughs> is, this is what happens. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you fall on your face when you make these bold pronouncements, and and have this outcome in your mind the way it's supposed to work you're it's so humiliating and that's Mm -hmm. the point is to to be humiliated and 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 just say i i I can't do it and so that just changes the whole dynamic when you're you're not having to carry the banner of the crusades anymore that 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 someone else is doing the fighting and resolving everything in the background and you just get to ride along all he wants you to do is stand next to him and pray with him in the garden while he takes care of it all. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it's just a call to, to, you know, to not perform so much and just be authentic and real. Mm -hmm. And there's just that beautiful love story. We we didn't have the time to really get into this beautiful love story. That's at the center of all of this, but yeah, that's what love is. Right. I mean, what, what is love?
1: It's so powerful uh, you saying that, Alan, because I felt a stab right here as soon as you said the word perform, because to me that has, right, like in my world, there's the performing on stage, there's performing in life, there's tasks, there's, you know, doing well at work, all these things all running around. And so, like, if we could just get ourselves to stop worrying about the performance right as much as we are the recognition of humanity and the gift that we've been given
0: yeah yeah that's interesting
3: it makes you wonder like what what would his what should peter have said right i mean what should he have said when um uh, in response to you know christ saying well where i'm going you cannot go right mm -hmm. what what should have his response have been yeah it's a, it's a fantastic so,
0: question yeah so let's we gotta close it out here so alan um you start us off what are your final thoughts for us before we close out
3: i mean pretty much what i just said i mean I, it, it's you know it's it's a great story i i just think you have to it's a humbling story right so if, if you can Take the, the step of trying to put yourself in, in Peter's shoes. I think we can all relate. If we're honest, if we're, we're, we're truthful with ourselves, we, we can relate to that. And and it's that aspirational hypocrisy is what I take away from it. You know, just because I aspire to something and I don't make it, you know, yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Embrace it. Embrace it. Right. I, I'm, I am a hypocrite. And so trying to defend yourself from being a hypocrite is is going the wrong direction and just embrace it and say yeah i messed yeah. up um my stand was right just like addison was saying but i didn't reach it but i'm gonna keep trying right just and and so you got it's a humbling thing I, I just don't know that you can do much other than just you know fall down on your face and and just go wow um it's it's a it's a wonderful thing so
0: yeah that's
3: what I addison
0: uh what are your final thoughts for us Concluding remarks.
2: Um, I'd say the thing that would be most helpful to a younger version of me would be to reevaluate what you think is a memorable hero or or somebody you look up to. Because I definitely read the story of Peter very differently when I was, you know, sort of handpicking what would make it into the final draft and what I thought I would, you know, I would do. I would say, um, you know, maybe look at heroes through a lens of how often they screw up and not how cool it looks when they kick butt or win, or or how cool their ending is
0: yeah cool. that's
2: that's this this is the low point for peter and i think that's an important part of the story
1: yeah yeah jim final thoughts forgiveness of self uh, acceptance of forgiveness from god i think uh the the um I've, I've seen people uh not accept the forgiveness that's offered to us right because they are in their own way and I think if we can recognize that failure is something that we can come back from, right? Uh, if, if we can continue to do great work, even if we have done something that we consider to just be like, how do you come back from that, right? You come back is the answer. Yeah. You just, you come back and you keep, you keep moving forward. So I think giving ourselves, uh, giving our ego a rest, recognizing our own huma- humanity, uh, so that we can forgive ourselves and others, and then we can accept the forgiveness that's offered to us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, that really resonates too, because it's, it's so reassuring and comforting to look at Peter, to look at all these people that you described, you know, these different points of view and to know that Jesus went through this experience, each and every one of them. And, and yet he's, you know, with Peter specifically who failed in the garden who failed and, um, here he still chose him to be part of his team to be the founding of the church and so that's just real powerful to to um to recognize that and knowing that um god's um invitation for our participation knowing how badly we're going to screw it up <laughs> yeah so cool well thank you so much for, for sharing i appreciate it this has been a great episode
3: Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Jason.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.